0: The era. Next level. Raw. In your face. Hard hitting. To the edge. PWE is talking sports. The all-star crew. Danomac. Big Kaz. Brokowski. A. V. Z and the game changer
1: the new beginning is now welcome back and may the fourth be with you today we're back with another episode of talking sports and i think we got a really fun one for you and we're going to start it right off we're going to get into talking this saturday may 7th is the 148th running of the kentucky derby we have a special guest to kind of talk to us about odds, the horses in the race, and talk about some of the Triple Crown winners. Sir William Benedict Third. how are you?
2: Good day, gentlemen. Good day. I am doing fabulous. How about yourselves?
1: Oh, we're doing great here today.
2: Let's just jump in it, man. Let's talk about this. We got, like you said, the 148th Running for the Roses. Just goosebumps, just saying it. We got the top pick of it, so if anyone wants to throw down some cash flow, Zandon, he is three and one. That's some good odds right there. Three and one, boys. That's a pick. He's got a hot jockey. Got a, He's cooking this year. This jockey's winning them, winning him. Um, F Pratt is the jockey's name, and then... Uh, going down the list number two epicenter which a lot of people say epicenter should have been the top pick but he got bumped down to number two with seven and two odds uh he's pretty good really he's run basically the longest um race out there out of all the competitors we got here and um he's been winning them good choice good choice and then um uh number two we got coming in at uh to go. Oh, there he is. The white ab- abrino. It's a little tough one to say. But uh, beautiful horse. Beautiful horse. This, guy, this guy's a comeback winner right here. This guy, you might want to keep an eye out for him. Keep an eye out on him. But the thing is, he's sat in uh, the 15th stall. So he's a little further down the lane. A little tricky spot to come back and win right off the rip. Make that mile and a quarter run. But Honestly, I think I I got a good feeling with that guy. I got a good I got a good gut feeling with that guy, and I feel like you should go with your gut when you're uh, uh picking a horse because you just never know. That or whatever the mafia tells you to bet because it's a little tricky there sometimes.
1: Now, Sir William, I have a question for you. You said that horse was coming out of the fifteenth stall. How many stalls are there in a race? How many horses are in this race? Do you know?
2: Total of twenty. 20 horses. Holy this shit. This is the yeah, yeah, it's the only 20 horse stall in North America. Kentucky Derby, boys. We're talking Kentucky Derby here now. This this is a legendary track for a reason. Okay. Legendary track. Uh we got yeah, so each slot like one to twenty. One is the closest to the railing. Twenty is the furthest from the inside turn railing, basically. Now, usually it's around Anywhere between seven and eight are usually the hot, hot spots for um, the winners. So they're right in the center, you know. So it gives you a, a good straightaway run, and then you can hit that curve. You can pass everybody, or you can slow down, depending on how your horse runs. Some jockeys like to take it easy that first turn and then kick it in high gear coming around that second one and blast off. Um, Tis the Bomb, seated number nine. Another guy who's been talked about. A lot of people are talking about him. He's got 30 to 1. Pretty, not the best, basically around the lower ends. But yeah, don't, 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 you can't trust the odds. You can't trust the odds in the Kentucky Derby now. You can't trust the odds. You got to go, like I said, you got to go with your gut here. It's, a good, it's, a, it's a, always a good choice. Misery, 8 to 1. He's pretty hot. He's got great odds. Another one another one coming in with um, good, good odds. And then you got the Crown Pride Japanese Brad horse. So this horse knows some samurai moves. You got to watch out for that. You got to watch out for that. They'll sneak up on you without even knowing. Now, here's a little interesting fact. Last year's horse, <laughs> named Media Spirit, was disqualified for using drug. Enhancing <laughs> illegal stuff on horses. Not not 100% sure. How, how It's a big word to say. It's a big word. Bet am the yes zone. Close enough. It's hard, a- hard to say
1: with all those mint juleps you'd be drinking.
2: Yeah, I got one right here, honestly. You can't go wrong with a mint julep. Classic drink. It's a classy drink for a classy gentleman. Ah, That'll get you. That'll get you going. But as our Saint, the media spirit disqualified last year. There's another media in this round. It's called Pioneer of Media. They have nothing to do with each other but the name. But you might want to keep an eye out for that. He's got 30 to 1 odds. Pretty low, but not low enough. Now, another one talked about is uh, Tavia, 12 to 1 odds. Getting getting a little higher, but still in the 12th seat too. Not too terrible, not too terrible, but still pretty pretty nice spot for him. Um, ooh ooh, Cyber Knight. This is this one. A couple people have been talking about. Seated at 16, though, pretty far out there. And he's uh he's usually uh, um from his previous races that he's won. It's uh, more he's more of a quickster. Got to get that uh sprint out. Got to get him under control. Then you got the young buck, the Mo Donago, Mo Donago, young buck, young horse, man, going on, I think a uh, one-year-old man, young boy, but he's been winning them and winning them good. Made it all the way to the Kentucky Derby, the KD, as I like to call it. That's not something That's not something simple to do as being a young horse now. You understand? That's, uh, that's a tricky one. Uh, smile happy. Uh Another one that's very underestimated. He's got 20-1 to 1 odds. Yet, he came second in a race against Zandon. So, I think coming second behind Zandon should have gave him better odds, but, you know, I'm not the guy who creates these things. But, like I said, you gotta go with your gut, man. You gotta go with your gut. He's seated 5-2. That's not terrible. That's a good spot, in my opinion. That's a good spot. That is a good spot. And, um... Oh, speaking of mint julep, uh, 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 how rude of me. If anyone wants to know what a uh, mint julep is, it is a good old bourbon whiskey, about two ounces of the good stuff. Get a little two teaspoons of water in there, add a little teaspoon of the powdered sugar, give it some loving, and then about four mint leaves. Now, some people think it's three, but uh, you're misunderstood. Misunderstood. It's four. Okay, it's it's classy four. You got to keep it even now. You got to keep it even. And you go ahead and splash that in a highball glass on the rocks or pour it over ice. It's all your preference now. At the Kentucky Derby, you just got to make sure you're betting on the right horse. Okay. <laughs> go, now, now, another thing I'm going to mention to. A lot of people get this confused with a mojito. It is not a mojito. Okay. Mojito has citrus juice in it. You see, the citrus juice is the big factor upon these drinks. Okay? <clears throat> okay? Don't be saying that at the Kentucky Derby. You get yourself in trouble, especially if you ain't got yourself a big old hat on. Make sure you wear your hat. Okay? You got to wear your hat. Now, in case, again, if anybody was wondering, May 7th at 6 57 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, be at your TV, place your bets. Basically, you can place bets right to that last second on the clock. But if, it, if that gun goes, the bets are it's done betting. And we're talking money, boys. This is when you either become a millionaire or you dodge, right?
3: So who are you putting <clears throat> your money on? Oh, good
2: question. Good question. I usually don't like to give out my secrets, but for the gentleman here, I think I might be able to do such a such a wonderful thing for you guys. Personally, I I'm not one to follow suit with Zandon. Yeah, everyone's gonna be betting on that horse. Good, he's got great spot, great odds. He's three years old. He's a gentleman horse running out there, but but I don't know. I am a man of what the horse tells me when I take a good look at it. Now, when I look at a horse, and I look at that horse's eye on the side of its head, you know, the horse got big head, so you only can usually see one eye until it turns and looks at you. So when I look at that one eye on that horse, the horse will tell me, the horse will tell me. Personally, again, I'm not telling anybody, I'm not, I'm no vet professional, but I will say the white albrio, White Albrio. That that's my money. There, there you go. Uh, I put I'm gonna throw me a, a pretty pennant down on that. What that? There. What's it, man? Number 15. Now, a lot of people say that's way too far. But like I said, this is a comeback horse. You see? Now when you get yourself a comeback horse, that usually means this horse has got miles and miles of heart. Okay. A horse horse likes to run. A horse likes to catch up. Horse says, All these horses are in front of me. This ain't how it's supposed to be. I got to be in the front of all these horses. So he's gonna run out that stall, see his position, see all these horses. He's gonna be like, you know what? I'm taking the lead here, boys. I'm taking the lead. Last that last stretch. That last stretch. He's gonna come running down. You're
4: gonna pass everybody. And you're gonna get it. So get like, good. coming from one dark horse. I'm looking for my dark horse when I, when I bet. I usually go with number six. Is uh, Would you recommend uh, having a favorite number? Is that a good as well for you? Ooh, yeah, a favorite number. If
2: you got a trusty number. Like I said, it's all on your gut. So if your gut's telling you that your favorite number, your good trusty number is the winner, absolutely hit that. Absolutely hit that. Me, I got to look at that horse's eye. I got to look <laughs> at the horse's eye. That horse will tell me. That horse will tell me its whole life story. A number is always a good choice, though, especially because the spot, the stall, a six—that's that's a good spot. That's not that. That's a that's a good spot. A little little too close in some people's eyes, but that's not terrible. That's not terrible. What like do you I think said,
3: about no, What do you think about Happy Jack?
2: Oh, Happy Jack! Well, 30, 30 to one odds, second stall. He's a little too happy in my opinion a little too happy about his placement. uh comfortable uh, I, I, I don't think uh, happy Jack's gonna pull it for the happy folks there. That's just me though like I said, I am no bet, bet professional. I just love love the love the feel of the dirt in the morning. everybody's hats everywhere. a good mint julep. fresh out the door. You just can't go wrong with it. You just can't go wrong with it. Now,
1: now I'm going to ask a couple questions here, Sir William. Uh, when you win the Kentucky Derby, there's a couple other races correct. that you could go and win and become a Triple Crown winner. Correct? ooh, ooh absolutely.
2: The Triple Crown, the best of the best. The the crowning of the crown. This is uh, this is how this is where legends are born at the Triple Crown. Now you got to win the Kentucky Derby. It's the first one you got to win. You got to get into the Kentucky Derby and then win it. The second one is the Preakness Stakes. That's number two. You got to win that one. You have to win. There's no second place giveaways here, man. You got to be number one or you last. And then the third one is the Belmont Stakes which is that that if, if you win those two, the first two, and then you go to Belmont to win the third, oh, man, that horse is – the horse itself is a king, and then the breeder and the trainer, those guys, those guys walk away with fat stacks, fat stacks in their pocket. And that horse just can breed all he wants. He basically can retire after that if he wants to, but – I feel like if a horse wants to run, you got to let him run, man. You got to let him run.
1: Absolutely. So, with this Triple Crown, do you know how many Triple Crown winners there have been in the whole, you know, four hundred forty-eight runnings of the Roses, as you said earlier? Um, the odds are pretty slim, correct?
2: Yeah. Only 22. Only 22. First one was in nineteen ninety. That's a long time ago. That is a long time. That's a hundred years past. Good grief. That's a hundred years ago, man. That was number one. And um most recent that um some of you may have known. Actually, the first I, I should say the name of this legendary horse. My bad, my bad. Sir Barton. Another sir among us. And then now, the most recent one was in 2015. Oh, no, no, no. My bad. 2018. 2018. With Justify. But that that horse won the Triple Crown, broke his leg, and they had to put him down. So he really didn't get to get the glory that he deserved. They literally... uh. They, just, they, they did an old-fashioned style, too. Now they, they changed it because of this, that horse. They done they shot him right there. They shot him right there, man. Broke his leg. It's, when a horse breaks its leg, it's like the most painful thing the horse can experience. So you got to put it out of its misery quick. And a little old-fashioned, the Kentucky Derby, or just horse breeders in general, keep it old-fashioned, just take out the old forty-five and lay, lay it to rest. Lay them to rest.
1: They, they, they did that shit right on the track.
2: Yeah, literally, in front of the whole audience.
1: They, wow. They,
2: they changed those rules now. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 changed now. They they don't do I'm, that no more.
1: I'm glad they changed it. It's unfortunate, you know. That's a you know something I guess that comes along with the, the sport of horse race. And like you said, breaking a leg is one of the most painful things to do. Next and, horse up. Yeah. Yeah.
2: that's that's basically
1: that's very uh, crazy well sir william when the preakness comes around we'll have you back on again talk a little bit more horse racing hopefully there's a possibility of a you know a potential triple crown winner going into the second of three races you need to win we appreciate you enjoy that mid you man
2: I shall stick I shall. around for the rest of
1: the show. You know, maybe you have some knowledge in some of these other topics. We'd like to hear Sir Williams take on all of it. Uh, we're going to move right along. We're going to talk some combat sports. now. UFC 274 is this Saturday, May 7th at the footprint center in Phoenix, Arizona. And ABZ has a list of fights. He wants to tell us about
5: take it away. Oh yeah. Let's go from uh, mint juleps to Modelo's here. Uh, this is actually a pretty, pretty stacked card. Uh, this is something you definitely want to buy. This one, all five fights I want to talk about here. Uh, let's start at the bottom. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it, but there's a lot of vets on this card. And the first fight is Cowboy Cerrone taking on Joe Lozon. Now, these are both two vets. You know, Cowboy's kind of coming towards the end of his career. He's 40 now. Lozon's like, uh, I think, 37, 38. He's pretty old too now, long in the tooth. Uh, Cowboy hasn't won a fight in his last six. So that's not going so good for him. He's a fan favorite. I have a feeling that after this fight, win or lose, he will probably hang it up. I really think that that's coming, but I don't think he's the only one who might be hanging it up uh, tonight after the fight. Uh, but I actually, you know, you can pick with your head. Or you can pick with your heart and with my heart, I'm going to, I'm going to say that uh, cowboy does take this one and goes out You know, with a win, I think he's going to win this one uh, by split decision. Uh, Now, the next fight on there is uh, Shogun Hua taking on OSP. Hua is a, like, Shogun, he's like, he's as legendary as legendary gets. He's been around from the beginning. He's fought guys like uh, Randallman, like like the very, the legends of the legends of the legends he has fought. Not that OSP hasn't, OSP has been around for a very long time as well. Both of them have had a lot of success. Uh, I have a feeling that after this one, uh, Shogun might be retiring too, though. And actually, I have him uh, winning this one. I don't know if it is for sure going to be his retirement fight, but I do think that he is going to come out with a win here. And I do think it's going to be by second round knockout. Now, the other fight on this card that is non-title is two fan favorites duking it out. It is Tony Ferguson El-Kakui himself taking on Michael Chandler both of these guys perennial uh perennial top contenders and lightweight division both of these guys have had title opportunities well you know Chandler like he's he's been in Bellator most of his career you know he came over kind of late he said himself I'm not here for a long time I'm here for a good time and he's been having a good time that comes he's small he's short but he is jacked he has so much power he comes charging right at you he's not afraid of getting hit speaking and not afraid of getting hit tony ferguson this is he he's a guy who like mixes it up with you the whole time uh he's got the darst choke he's dangerous on the ground he's dangerous on his feet he wants to turn it into a brawl he's very you know unorthodox but he hasn't had the greatest luck uh as of late he lost uh you know I don't think he's ever looked really the same ever since his loss to Justin Gaethje, which was, uh, you know, we'll talk about him in a little bit, but you know, Tony Ferguson has been a former interim champion of the world. He uh, he's getting a little bit older. He's 38, maybe some of those injuries and he's had a lot of injuries to be wearing on him. I actually don't think it's his day. I do think Chandler is going to win this one. I think it's going to be a win for Michael Chandler via uh, let's go with, Mm, I don't want to say it, but first round knockout for Michael Chandler. But I do think that if Tony Ferguson is going to win this, he's going to win it uh, with the dark joke. So look out for that. I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced, but also the longer this fight goes, I think the more favors. i I'll, I'll stand with this. I think it's going to be Chandler. I think it's going to be November. the person who wins this fight is going to stay kind of towards the top of the rankings and may get a chance at redemption down the line. But the loser, you know, it's going to be a really rough time for them. Uh, uh, you know, I, I can't say that the lo- if Tony Ferguson takes this out, he doesn't necessarily hang it up. We'll see. We'll see about that. But the first of the two title fights is Thug Rose Namajunas. Fan favorite, great champion, woman's number three overall, pound for pound, uh, taking on Carlos Barza. Carlos Barza was the inaugural strawberry Ra- champion, actually, and the person that she defeated to win that championship was Thug Rose Unis. That was Thug Rose Namajunas with hair, too. By the way, that was after she. That was before she decided to shave it off and take it seriously and become a monk, essentially praying before her fights. She just became a lethal weapon. It is absolutely crazy to see how great she has become. She's one of the best of all time. Thug Rose is, but Aspar's has as been on a heater. You know she had some. She had some trouble after she dropped the title. You know, she took quite a few L's there, but she's been on like a four or five win streak and she's very dangerous on the ground. Her wrestling, her jujitsu game, her submission game, she'll take you down, she'll beat you up. And it's the exact opposite for Thug Rose. She's known for her footwork, her amazing takedown defense. And she just stands on her feet and she'll pick you apart, man. Like, I don't know if anyone's a better... uh, Boxer that her, she reminds me of like a female Max Holloway. She'll just pick you apart with her feet. She'll pick you apart with her hands. She's a ghost trying to hit her. She's got that great footwork. Give it, give me uh Munez to win this one via. Uh, let's go with the third round TKO. All right, and now for the main event. Everyone's been talking about this one. It's Charles Oliveira defending his lightweight championship against Justin Gaethje. This is going to be nuts. Will Gaethje get to do the flip off the cage? Will he win this one? He did not come up with the win the last time he challenged for this title. That was against the Invincible. Habib Nurmagomedov. Charles Oliveira never had that opportunity to fight him. Who knows which way that would have gone. Oliveira, the submission specialist. No one has more submission victories than he does in the weight class. You know, there's a reason he's a champion. He's been a great champion so far. And Gaethje... He's just a monster, man. He likes to throw. He's not afraid of getting hit. He wants to mix it up. And what's crazy is he actually is a very high-level wrestler. He's an NCAA, cha- NCAA champion. He's a great, great wrestler, but we never get to see it because he wants to throw. He wants to bang. He wants to stand and bang. Now, Olivera has shown that he can stand and bang as well, but you know it's best for him to get this to the ground ASAP and try to grab a hold and strangle the human highlight Gaethje if he's going to come away with this victory honestly this the odds on this one are very 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 close I do not know who's going to win this one it is tight as can be but I do think that we are going to have a new champion and Justin Gaethje will win the lightweight championship here and I think it's going to be via a split decision I think this one's going to go the distance i think Oliveira is going to get a couple rounds where he brings him down and you know he's going to control him the whole time but i think at the end i think it's going to be gaethje who gets gets this one uh so yeah this is going to be a pretty crazy fight card you know i have to be honest there's a lot of these fights i have no idea who's going to win like it's, it's very close like, just as much as i think that this might go to gaethje and i i think it's, like i'm in the minority thinking this will go the distance uh It could just as well end with a TKO from Gaethje in the first round. It could just as well end with a a submission via uh, Oliveira in the first two rounds. I do think, though, as the fight goes on, it will favor Gaethje more and more because as you become more slick, as you become, uh, you know, as Gaethje likes to likes to throw down. I think there's going to be some. We're going to see some color, a lot of blood in this match. When the perspiration and the blood starts to mix, it gets real hard to hold on to those submissions. I think people get real, real slippery in there. So I don't know if that favors the submission specialist, but, uh, you know, either way, I think we're going to have a very deserving champion coming out of this one. I'm pretty, the only fight that I'm super, super confident in is that Rose Namajunas is going to be Carla Esparza. But, other, and, and honestly, that one could go either way too, because uh, we've seen Rose Namajunas get taken down and slammed. She's lost a title that way in the past. Uh, you know, that wrestling might come into play here again and hey as far as has beat her before so maybe that's in her head i don't think so though thug rose is you know her head is made of uh tougher material she's pretty tough i think she takes that one for sure but this is going to be a great fight card i mean like this is going to be a great pay-per-view i definitely think you should buy it i can't wait to watch this one back to you guys brokowski it looked like you
1: wanted to elaborate there a little bit when he was talking
5: yeah, yeah. I
6: honestly, Shogun Rua is still uh, even fighting. Like, that's the same Shogun that's fought, like, Lidal, Tito, Kroka. Yeah, Randleman. Randleman. That's
5: Randallman. nuts. That is Isn't that crazy? That crazy. That blows my mind. And as much as – and, and the thing about Rua is he's winning. He still wins. Like, it's crazy. And the thing about it is, like, yeah, he's, like, due for retirement. I don't know if this is going to be it. like, there's no, like if he wins this one, who's to say he doesn't want to just bang a couple more out. Why not? You know, dude. Hell
6: yeah, man. That's freaking dope. And I think Tony Ferguson and Chandler is going to be a slugfest knockout in the first round. Like you were saying too. I think that's going to be a probably fight of the night, possibly for
5: sure. There's no way that that goes to a decision. That's going to be over in the first round or second round for sure. I have no idea who's going to take it. Like, honestly, I think it's, but I do think if Tony takes it, it's the Dars. I do think if Chandler takes it, it's by TKO.
6: So. Go ahead, Big i so I'm done. I got nothing else.
1: I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a great pay per view. You called it. You said that that bout's going to be the, the match of the night. Yeah. We're going to take a little ad break here, a little read from our sponsors, and then we're going to come right back. We're going to talk. NBA playoffs. We're going to get into the NHL playoffs that had just started this week. And then I think we're going to have a little fun at the end of the show. Dan Mac
3: For everything pro wrestling edge and talking sports with PWE, you can find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at PWE pod. And, uh, on all streaming platforms for edge of the mind podcast on Instagram, it's at edge of the mind pod and the Facebook group page, edge of the mind podcast by pwe all things pwe you can find on our website at pwepod.com there's a link to our merch store there's a, a link to give reviews um bios on all of us uh, that are involved so check out uh, pwepod.com um this could not be done without our sponsors and partners. First, Rue Psychedelics. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Rue Psychedelics. The link to the Etsy store will be in the description of this post. Uh, Whirlwind Productions Detroit, if you're looking for any voiceover work or podcast production, reach out to them on Facebook or Instagram at Whirlwind Productions DET or email them Whirlwind DET at gmail.com. Brain Jerk Entertainment. You can find all of their content at brainjerk.com. They're more than a podcast. They um, are doing a third, announce the third Drag Queen bingo. They're uh, coming back with their back right now, currently with season two of Taste Of, where they go and spotlight local restaurants. So check them out on brainjerk.com. Um, also, our sponsor of the show, Ronnie's Transition from One love in Life Professional Wrestling. To another passion, which is photography, his steady hand, um, attention to detail makes him a, uh, a terrific asset to this photography industry. If you're looking for any type of photography work, reach out to him. He does it all on Facebook and TikTok. It's at Jaquist Photography, J-A-Q-U-I-S, Ronnie Jaquist on Instagram, and Horror underscore Style on Twitter. And friends of the podcast, uh, Sh- uh, Wake and Bake with Schwartz and the Ratlocks streams Monday through Thursday mornings on Twitch from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, on Thursday nights, there's the Ratlocks Monster Lab of horror, wrestling, and science. And the newest show on the Twitch stream is "Show Me the Money," which is Randy West. She actually there streaming the first show tonight as we're recording this. She's making uh Schwartzy, a new pair of um, shorts that he wrestles in for his gear. So check out um, all things on uh, the Schwartzy Twitch channel. And um, last but certainly not least, midnight Snuggie hour. Um, Sean and Joe will be back soon with new episodes of that podcast. Um, you can find them on Google podcasts now for the backlog. Um wrestling pop culture uh current events comedy stuff they talk about everything they'll actually be on pro wrestling edge next week to talk about the uh the podcast coming back so check them out and um that's all i got
1: thank you to all our sponsors and partners help making these shows happen help us try to entertain all you folks out there and uh Let's talk some basketball. I'm going to run down the four, uh, the four series, and we're going to go back. We're going to give our thoughts on some of these games, some of the things we think are going to happen. And uh, so we have Miami 1-0 and over the 76ers. The Bucks and the Celtics are tied at a game apiece, as are the Warriors and the Grizzlies. And the Suns are 1-0 and over the Dallas Mavericks. We've had some interesting games. We're going to talk a little bit uh, before the show. Jamal, uh, I liked your take that you were talking about earlier with the Warriors and the Grizzlies.
0: Yeah, man. It's going to be a slugfest. A lot of players that usually score or put up numbers, i say Bane for the Grizzlies. Uh, obviously, Steph and Clay didn't play well either. So people were saying, oh, if they hit those shots, the, the Warriors would be up. But they might be. And I'm not going to say even because they got championship DNA, but at the same time, they cannot stop Ja. I mean, I know Gary Payton got hurt too, but he was still giving them buckets. So
5: everybody else, if
0: everybody else step up and play better, you know, it just, I don't know. Like I hate listening back and then hearing takes and I'm like, damn, what the hell was you talking about? But. It's just an it's just a new take every week because, you know, we're watching these games, right? So uh but um mm, Golden State just don't have that go to guy. They don't have a like do they have a John Morant? You know what I'm saying? Like Steph, like damn, bro, you shooting threes and missing them. like drive into the lane and shoot a midi. Like you just it it's one dimensional when it sometimes when they don't fall. But it's gonna it's gonna be close. Ja, he, he loved this stuff. He's celebrating. He's a happy kid playing with his with his homies. You know what I'm saying? So that makes a difference. You know, you could be inexperienced until you get experience. And this is I mean, hey. He's, I mean, he's definitely making that
1: series interesting and uh, fun to watch. Facts. You know, especially going up against a team like the Golden State Warriors, for for so long, you know, they were so dominant over the league, and they were the team to beat. And now I think they're going to go to seven games in this series with Memphis possibly even taking it. Yeah, that is – yeah,
0: that is – I can can definitely go on seven games just based off records and what they've done this year. And like you said, they've been the team to beat Golden State, but – Ever since KD left, uh, I can't remember the exact year, but ever since KD departed from there, they haven't really been – they've been working their way back up to that. But now the league is younger. Clay's not 100%. Like, he can't guard nobody right now. He, his threes ain't landing. You know, it's – I know back then when you shot – when you was a jump shooter or a three-point shooter, you never you never wanted to live by the three ball. You know what I'm saying? Because if it's not going down, I mean, what else you, what else mm-hmm. you going to do? So you live, you, you live by the three, you die by the three, and sometimes Golden State can do that. And you got J- John Moran on the other side that can iso your whole squad, and you can't iso anybody. You have to play as a team, Golden State, to win games, and sometimes you need that superstar. I mean, John Morant is a star, but sometimes you need that player caliber to get you over that hump because they're looking like, hmm, they're looking kind of seven-game-ish. Go
4: either way. Uh, Can I weigh in on that? I want to weigh in on the they don't have a go-to guy. Um, I think that's what makes the Warriors dangerous, that they don't have a go-to guy. They have Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole, Wiggins, Draymond. That's what makes them dangerous, where John Morant has to get 47 to barely win a game. I think it's cool the Grizzlies won because had they lost, the series would be over. They can't lose two games on the road with, with home court not going in your favor. So I think the Warriors have been here before. They've they went up against a superstar before. Uh, I don't think it's going to go seven games. I think the Warriors are going to handle it because it took John Morant to have that game for them to barely win.
1: Do the Grizzlies got to win these next two games to make it even a chance to go seven? Uh,
4: I think they have to win one. I think they have to protect home court. They want Warriors took one on the road and then Grizzlies need to match it up and take one on the road as well.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, yeah he right. Yeah, I would say the like the first game is always when it comes out of teams like this, it's always like a little tester and then you have a chance to come back and respond like Memphis did. And like your point to Golden State, they done it before, but it's a lot of uh, I hate nitpicking Certain stuff. And like I said, Steph haven't really proved that he could do it by himself. He got three rings, no finals MVPs. He, he'll come up, but clutch situations, it's like, it's shaky. He, yep. Kevin Durant had to save them for, th- for two chips. Without KD, LeBron would be having how many? Like, LeBron lost against the first championship with Golden State won he had his boys hurt. And in the second, I mean, you know what I'm saying? They had, you know, it, 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 I need, I need Steph Curry to, he needed, he can't be doing this. Like he played the last couple games. He cannot do that. Cause you got John Moran. These boys are hungry. You're lucky Bane had five points.
4: Cause it's bad. Not, not to stay on this series. Cause I know we have yeah, one yeah, the yeah. series. But Draymond needs to not have the crazy fouls. you know, um, uh, fouls at the end of the games, getting kicked out of games, getting suspended. He needs to just keep his cool because they need him on the floor. Even though they won without him in game one, they need Draymond Green. Right.
1: Move over to the Bucs and Celtics. Like I said, this series is tied one apiece. I, I Honestly, this is another one where I think this is a possibility. It could go seven games. Uh, even, you know, Giannis is just so good. He plays the most on that team. He gets so much action his way. I was kind of surprised they actually lost one of those games.
0: Yeah, the last last
1: one. Yeah,
0: I was watching, like, the first – he was, like, one for ten. I'm like, damn. I mean, he was trying to do his thing, but at some point, your boys not making your threes like they did the first game. At some point, you got to barrel through. So, I mean, he ended up with 28, but – I think all the 27 attempts. So, I mean, he, he did what he can. I wish Middleton was back give him somebody else. Holiday didn't really one foot six at the, you know what I'm saying? It is one foot six at the three. It is not all that. They didn't do as well as they did the bench or the role players. They didn't do as well as they did the first game. But the Celtics, I, every every week, I'm like, first, Giannis body in them last week doing his thing. Now, they got, oh, I can't remember, one guy Giannis ran into, he ran into a brick wall. Just, like, yeah, it's the Celtics, number one C for a reason. They locked down Kevin Durant. Nobody never seen that before. Kevin Durant locked down in the same sentence. Never heard of that. Hey, Celtics might be Tatum and Brown still showing up with the points. I don't know. It might be seven, but. Giannis and them, they gotta hit their. I mean, well, Giannis and his crew, they gotta hit their jump shots, and cause he gonna draw that wall. But when you kick out, hey man, that's you gotta hit those threes. But other than that, they got Tatum, they get you high volume elite numbers. Brown can give you those numbers, and it just down there the bench is playing good. They playing defense. It just the Bucks. They gotta figure it out. That's all I'm gonna say. But the Celtics looking like they look real scary to me.
1: We'll go over. We'll, we'll talk about the Miami Heat, the Philadelphia 76ers. Miami took that first game. Do you think they win that game if Embiid was playing and healthy enough to play?
0: Oh, man.
1: I'm still not believe it. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Miami is, it was a great team. You know, we keep saying this every week and how you say they came in with their seed and, but the, the 76ers were playing hot in that first round. They kind of, you kind of forget Miami was so good coming into the playoffs almost.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. It just, uh, yeah. They will dominate the heat. If, inside basically and be out of bio i think like six eight six nine and mb is like a seven foot monster that can basically do it all and then but miami Heat do play as a team that team ball man i'm telling you that's it's something different man if if they playing in sync but sometimes if the other team got a player that just that can i mean james Harden. don't forget you know he's been slipping up but that inside presence and you can shoot it, it's like, I don't know. Like, I think that would be – man, there's a lot of game seven prediction type stuff going on. But I can see that going seven if Embiid come back. But if he don't, man, I don't, I don't, I don't think Hard could win a, a game for them in that series. Harden – he's too new to the team. That's just what I feel.
1: You know it- – yeah, I, I feel that. Like you said, he was on, what, second or third team of this season alone. So he probably hasn't got that gel with those guys yet. And he's not the same player he was before, flat out. And then we also, to round it up, the Suns, can they hold off the Dallas Mavericks? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> they only got Luka pretty much, you know, and Luka – I mean, I'm already saying he's a superstar. I mean, he was a king from uh from where he was playing at before he came to the draft, and now I think uh like his playoff average is crazy. So other than that, they don't really have a full team. And man, the Suns is another team, another squad built with everything. Aiden, like, he's showing him, he's showing everybody that like, he got a little mid range and stuff spreading the floor. Chris Paul and and the, uh, Devin Booker, they're going to do their thing. It just – Luca just – he needs something, some more to get them over the hump. But you're going against great teams. I mean, you can't really – you just got to wait in line, man. You just got to wait in line until everybody either get old or injuries. But Luca's going to be there. He's a superstar. But I'm going I'm to go with Phoenix, though. They're going to – I mean, Phoenix, Golden State probably, so,
1: you know. Ooh, Phoenix Golden State. I like that. From NBA playoffs, we're going to jump over. There's some more playoffs going on right now that just started this past week. Brokowski is going to fill us in on some NHL postseason action. What's going on, Brokowski?
6: Yeah, they just started uh, Monday night, and uh, they started out with uh, Boston taking on Carolina and Carolina Carolina put a beating down on Boston. Boston's a pretty veteran team. They got a lot of old guys like Brad Machard and uh, Patrice Bergeron to where Carolina's very young. I think their average age is like 24 or something minus Jordan Stahl being on the team. He's the oldest player by far, but he's probably the best center in the league. But I see Carolina taking this series. They come in as the favored number one pick. Um, Moving on, we got Tampa Bay, the the defending Stanley Cup champions, taking on Dan's team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Toronto Maple Leafs just put a stomping on them. They're led by Austin Matthews, who's probably going to be the face of the league for many, many years. He led the league in goals with 60. He put two in on Tuesday. Um, Actually, fun fact, Toronto's goalie, Michigan native from Port Huron, Jack Campbell with 24 saves in the shutout. But you can't keep Tampa Bay out. They're defending stuff, Cup champions. It's only game one. So hopefully they can put it together, make it more of a series. But I do see Toronto taking it. Uh, St. Louis and Minnesota's in here. Now, Minnesota got in. They just recently made a move and picked up and Jay Fleury over this past offseason. at goalie and you know. Back in when Los Angeles or Las Vegas went to the Stanley Cups, Marc Andre Furry basically carried that whole team. He's basically doing the same thing this year a little bit with Minnesota. I don't think that he'll be able to do it though. He really doesn't have a lot of great help as of right now, but St. Louis, they're just coming off the 2019 Stanley Cup. They just they got a great goalie and Hiuso. he's their Stanley Cup goalie from 2019. He had 37 saves. They put on a, a show with a 4-0 victory. The next game is uh, the Los Angeles Kings taking on the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton is a great team, very led by Connor McDavid, another young, great talent who will be faced to the league, a phenomenal center and uh, Leon Dristel, I believe it's pronounced Dristel, or Dreistel. He uh, was second in the league with goals. He's another great talent, but... You got the Los Angeles Kings. You got Dustin Brown still on there. You got the Hall of future Hall of Famer and Jonathan Quick in uh, goal time. They picked up the victory 4-3. to three. Last night, some people stayed up very, very late. The Pittsburgh Penguins took on the New York Rangers, and that game went into triple overtime with Pittsburgh picking up a 4-3 victory. Pittsburgh won that game without their starting goalie, and they made a pretty – different decision in the third overtime, they put in their backups backup goalie to start that period. And they ended up picking up the win. Of course, Pittsburgh, they got Sid, the kid, the Malkin still there, but the New York Rangers goalie who ended up coming up losing still had 79 saves, which ended up becoming, I believe it was the second or third most saves in playoff history Moving on to my favorites to win the Stanley Cup in the Washington Capitals, taking on the surprise, to me, surprising seed of number one, the Florida Panthers. And Florida, if you've been watching hockey for a long time, has been the joke of the league forever. They were like the Jacksonville Jaguars. They just could never get over the hump. These past few years, they've really drafted well and brought in great talent. And they're trying to make a push for the cup. The Washington Capitals are just too high strong. They still got T.J. Oshie. They got Nicholas Backstrom. Mark jo- Marcus Johnson is still on defense. And, of course, the grade eight in Alexander Ovechkin, the greatest goal, star, goal scorer in our lifetime. Um, he'll probably be the only one that will ever come close for a while to beating Gretzky's all-time goal record. And they ended up picking up the victory 4-2, and I looked at them to win the series and move on to the Stanley Cup. Now, the Colorado Avalanche really fucked up the Nashville Predators in a 7 2 victory. They ended up scoring five goals in the first, and I hate Colorado. I can't stand them, but they are a great talent. They are another team that is drafted very well. They're led by, of course, Joe Sackett in management. He's Joe, the manage, general manager of the Colorado Avalanche. So, this is his team. So, it'd be sweet if we get uh, uh, Steve Eiserman, Joe Sackett, GM. Uh, in the future here, once the Wings get their stuff together, Colorado beat the shit out of them. They're probably going to take this series because they're actually one of the favorites that the expert, experts are picking to win the Stanley Cup. And then finally, the Dallas Stars lost to the Calgary Flames <clears throat> and experts are picking Calgary to also possibly be in the Stanley Cup finals to win it all this year. Calgary's a pretty decent team. They got great goal scorers, a great goaltender. And Dallas is trying to come up. They're young. They're not really too too. – they're not at that point to where they can make this win at all. The Calgary Flames are number one in their division. And they're just going to end up probably taking this series in a clean sweep. And to touch on the Red Wings a little bit, you know, since we don't got them in the playoffs – they are actually looking for a head coach, and one of the, a couple of the names that are being talked about are former Detroit players, Igor Larionov and Sergei Fedorov. Are two of the lead candidates to become the uh, new head coach. There's also David Carlisle out of Denver University, Nate Lamont from Providence. So they're they're out there, they're searching, they got some great Steve Eisman's got us leading them in the right direction. Uh, these playoffs are gonna be really good off the Red Wings. Like I said, my favorites to win it is the Capitals, and I think they play tonight. Toronto plays tonight, and the Kings and Oilers play tonight. So, we'll have probably the winners of the series next week and be on round two next week.
4: Yeah, man. I'm with you on the Iserman thing. You know, my team is the Lightning. My second team is always the Lightning, and what Iserman did over there is, is awesome. I hate the Blue Jays. I'm I think they're going to win it too. Uh, that round, that series. Uh, do you think we're going to get Sid the Kid versus Ovechkin? Oh yeah,
6: probably, probably. I don't see. I don't see New York winning that series. I think it'll probably go to seven games. But the experience led behind Sid the Kid and Mullican,
4: I, I see Pittsburgh moving on.
5: I hope not. I I, think, I've, always, uh, I've
4: always hated them because uh, you know when Cardi played there, but I've always. I think everyone in Detroit's always hated the Penguins. And I last night's game, I actually stayed up and watched it, and it looked like same old playoff hockey in Pittsburgh. And I'm hoping it's not the case, but it's looking like it.
6: Yeah, actually, if uh, Tampa Bay wins, their next uh, series will be against the Washington, winner of the Washington Capitals and uh, Alexander Ovechkin there. So that's who I'm picking. So, we'll, so we'll, we'll have a good one for next week if both our teams make it that far into it.
1: Well, from hockey, we talked basketball, talked a little Kentucky Derby, and some UFC. We're gonna get into the fun part of the show. We got a little open forum. Anybody got anything they wanted to talk about at this moment? This is where we're gonna do it.
4: Yeah, anybody like- start with the game changer of the week because I thought that we got off track with that. In any sport, I gotta go off what Jamal touched on. Chris Middleton in the Bucks. Celtics got to beat the Bucs if they want to show they're a championship team, which I believe they could be. But Chris Middleton, if he plays, I don't think anyone touches Milwaukee. So that's my here.
0: yeah. I'm with you. If Milwaukee full-blown, healthy, bro, they're going to repeat. But injuries, always messing stuff up.
1: I do want to talk a little bit. Uh, we had some good, uh, uh, I don't know what to call it, just a good person watching uh, highlights from the New York Yankees when they were up in Canada playing the Toronto Blue Jays. Did you guys see this clip of the man catching the Aaron Judge home run immediately handing it to the little Yankee fan in the stands? And that kid couldn't have been happier.
6: Yes, I did see that highlight. I thought you were going to talk about the Yankees uh, fans throwing shit at um, – I can't remember what team it was. But, yeah, screw the Yankees and screw their fans. They're all yeah. assholes.
4: <laughs> no more, here. <babe. laughs> <laughs>
1: Another thing I want to talk oh, about that's been announced, uh, Peyton Manning. Announced that he's going to do a Demarius A. Thomas scholarship at Georgia Tech. He's, you know, he's uh, what that is, they're going to have a scholarship fund at that college for kids that grew up in the same neighborhood as him. In his name. i out just a couple good stories of you know, sports, like you hear the. Josh brought up the the Yankees fans throwing water bottles and hitting players in the head with that. It's
5: always good to hear about the positive though. That's really good that he's doing that. You know, for DT.
1: Yeah, you know, oh, I you know they they were really close when they played together in Denver, and uh, you know Peyton and his and his wife got together, and they just felt like this was something that they they wanted to do. To, like I said, and, and it helps kids out from the same neighborhood, the same city that he grew up in, the high school that he went to, kids that aren't going to get these opportunities. And there's now there's a college fund. I don't know the exact details of it. I don't know. It could be multiple scholarships for a couple kids or if it's one scholarship for one student per, you know, graduating class or whatnot.
4: It's always good to have that. I actually was a recipient of a, of a scholarship in, in, um, in someone's name, high school, which was an And even if it helps one person out, it's more than you know Austin is doing.
1: And we talked, you know, Peyton Manning, he played football. The NFL, they announced that they're gonna have five international football games this season. It's good. I I do like it, you know. My my Green Bay Packers, they got they got a game, first one internationally, and they're not just playing in uh in London this year. Um New Orleans Saints, they're going to take on the Minnesota Vikings. October 2nd, that's going to be the first of the five games at Tottenham Hotspur Spurs Stadium in London. And Green Bay Packers and New York, uh, are playing the New York Giants in that same stadium on October 9th, which I'm hoping for a win. You know, it's a couple days before my birthday. Go Pack Go. Go over there, play internationally, get a win. October 30th, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars playing a home game at Wembley Stadium versus the Denver Broncos. Uh, That seems to be like a home away from home for Jacksonville and the only place they really get wins that they have a winning record at. (laughs) That's
5: true, though. They
4: still Um, out there, though. Well, With the NFL adding an extra week uh, that we saw last season, I'm wondering can teams all, you know, eventually play an international game where we'll mess up their home schedule they can still play the same amount at home as they do on the road with an international game. It'll be cool to see.
1: Yeah, I really think it would be kind of cool. There's still a few teams out there that haven't played games, but that's only like, you know, four more teams. Because I remember Green Bay was like one of five or one of six teams that has not played a game internationally yet. And this season they got one. We got the Tampa Bay Bucks playing AVZ Seattle Seahawks November 13th at Alliance Arena in Munich, Germany.
5: Doesn't matter where that game is, it's not gonna go well for us.
6: <laughs> I'm Brady, yo. <laughs>
5: it's not gonna go well for us. You know what though? After this draft, I was pretty happy with the guy. You know, we're gonna establish it. We're gonna establish the run. You know, we'll 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 see what happens.
1: <laughs> uh, November twenty first, the last of these five games, Arizona Cardinals are playing the San Francisco 49ers in Mexico City. They don't have a stadium announced yet. I know they've tried this before, and they had to uh, cancel those games that were supposed to be played in Mexico City. And I think it was because the stadium wasn't up to par and wasn't ready or whatnot. So yeah,
5: stadium conditions. Are up. Yeah. So,
1: well, that one's up in the air. The other four games I could for sure – I'm willing to bet amongst anything crazy happening where these players can't travel – those games are going to go on. And I really, that's kind of cool because I remember watching the NFL Europe and I'd see a lot of games in, in Germany. They seem to have a lot of fans over there. Uh, and like ABC said, if this gets successful or Kyle said successful, and are we going to see more possibly every team having one game internationally, and, you know, that doesn't always have to be in, in London and Europe. Like I said, Mexico, they're going to go down to Mexico city. Maybe they go play a game in Canada or something, Alt- the ultra tundra.
4: Dude, it's always fun to wake up, especially for us over in the Midwest, wake up early and get just to catch a game instead of waiting until 1 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Right. Everything
6: yeah. started like 8 in the morning, man.
4: <clears throat> yep.
0: Shit, the NBA can expand all the way and do their African thing. You know, NFL is right behind it. They got popularity. They can
1: do it. Now, we're going to hit you with a little history, guys. Oh, yeah. This day in sports history. I'm going to read a couple off. I'll read them off one at a time if you guys want to comment something or, you know, I don't know how much input you can have on these, but, you know, something to say about it. So I'm going to go oldest that I, and there's so many on this day. I didn't write them, especially the Kentucky Derby dominated this day in sports history over and over again. So I just picked a few out. And some of you guys might know about this one. In 1949, a plane carrying the entire Torino Serie A soccer squad crashes on the outskirts of Turin, Italy, 31 killed. Torino was awarded the league title at the request of their rivals because of that. I believe there was a movie of this Not something that was probably in theaters. It might have been like one of those Netflix or Tubi specials. I thought that was a very crazy stat. 1963. Pitcher Bob Shaw sets a record of five bulks in one game. Could you imagine that now? You know, like, how often do you see a bulk in a baseball game?
4: Yeah, never. 1965. Willie
1: Mays hits his 512th home run and breaks Mel Oates' 511th record.
4: That one's crazy. That's like legend stuff right there. That's goat talk.
1: Here's a hockey one for you, Brokowski. 1969 Stanley Cup final in St. Louis. The Montreal Canadiens beat the St. Louis Blues 2-1 for a four-game series sweep in the Stanley Cup. How often do you think a series sweep happens in the Stanley Cup?
6: Uh, it happens. not. It, it's not iffy, iffy. The Red Wings swept uh, with the Washington Capitals in the Stanley Cup. I think uh, there was just recently, I think, Pittsburgh Penguins have swept somebody in the Stanley Cup. I think St. Louis might have too. Okay, you they just lose. Fuck yeah, me it. on that one.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I could totally be wrong on like one or two of those, but the Red Wing one is guaranteed. It'd be cooler if you didn't say the Canadians did it, you know. <laughs> uh, that's right. I'm like,
6: I'm like that. I'm, a, I'm like that with hockey. The cup needs to stay in the U.S., it needs to stay down here. <laughs>
1: 1973, the longest baseball game in Philadelphia, Veterans Stadium, the Phillies beat the Braves 5-4 in 20 innings. 20 innings. That's that's, that's intense, and I thought that was kind of cool. I wrote that down earlier in the day when I was looking these up, and then Josh brings up that playoff game earlier that went to triple overtime. How long do you think that baseball game was hour-wise? 20 innings. Jeez. When did it start? Oh, you know what? I don't have that.
4: Well, back That'd then, I least- did have as many restrictions on making the time go quicker. And I went to a game that went 18 innings. I thought that was crazy. 20 innings. I don't know. I don't know if you can sit there 20 innings.
6: I remember Would you there was there? that one... All-Star game that I think it was All-Star game that went it went tied for so long that they ran out of pitchers and had to just call the game a tie. I don't think I don't remember how many innings it went. I don't think it was anywhere near 20. It was probably closer to 13 or so, but they ran out of pitchers and just called it the game.
4: Get somebody else to pitch. So I just think that's weak to be honest. Yeah, because I mean, we've already seen
1: this year outfielders come in and Play relief pitcher, you know, and we've seen that in the past seasons also.
6: But this is the All Star game, so
4: nobody's gonna risk getting I mean, sued for. All Star, come in. We and- <laughs> <laughs> weren't supposed to You get rocked on. Who cares? We are supposed to do it. You're out there striking out All Stars. You're the man. You know. I look at it as an opportunity.
1: That's crazy to have an All Star game even end in a tie period.
4: Which, by the way, is the greatest greatest all-star in all sports was baseball when you know, it was always for the uh, home field advantage in the World Series. I thought that was cool.
6: Yeah, that was so awesome. So awesome. I love that idea. It made it mean something to the players. You know, it was yeah. a, there was a point to the game.
1: Yes. You know, I, I got a question here. We, we talked NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs. We just had the Super Bowl a couple months back, you know, World Series is quite a ways away. Out of those major sports, which trophy to you is the best trophy, the most prestigious trophy?
4: I think it's the Super Bowl because the most people watch it. I think uh, I think everyone has their favorite sports, but I think everybody pretty much, male-wise at least, and females, but everyone watches football. When Everyone, I guess, dreams of being a football player at some point in their life. So I always felt like the Super Bowl was the biggest one.
0: I'll say, uh, the, I'll say the Super Bowl because they got a whole presentation for that motherfucker, the dude with the white gloves and shit. Nice. And then the best one I think that looks, that Stanley Cup shit is – I don't know. I don't watch hockey like that, but that trophy – you look, you look like you conquered the world with that big motherfucker. Like, but the NFL, obviously, like you said, everybody watches it, but they got a presentation, white gloves – yeah,
5: NFL might have to take the cake. I give the NFL I, as well. I mean, most people have their eyes on that. But I do think that the Stanley Cup is the best-looking trophy for sure. Uh, it's I mean, older,
6: too. And they do the same yes, thing. History. Red carpet presentation, the white gloves. They walk that from that thing from like two miles back outside the stadium. <laughs> it, it's like five minutes before they finally give it to Gary Bateman and they hold it up, you know? But I I definitely, personally, 100% is the Stanley Cup to me. But, yeah, probably the most notable and recognized, without a doubt, it's the Lombardi Trophy. Football is the number one sport. Honestly, if you were to say in the world, though, I don't know what – maybe the World Cup.
5: World Cup, yeah. Probably
6: the most recognizable trophy outside of America and even just the world. I think that would definitely be it.
2: I'm going to go with the Stanley Cup because you can – I don't know if they still do it, but I remember they would pour champagne in it. And they would drink out
4: of it. So that, oh, yeah. I feel like that's, yeah. that's the priorities, all wrong, but yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if hey, you as just as want as it, man, time. why not drink out of it? That's that's <laughs> awesome. That's yours, Brady's dude. Go for it.
4: His trophy Maybe not. Brady's throwing it in the, in the river, but like it means <laughs> nothing. But I don't know. I just, I just go through the rest of my life every day saying <laughs> I'm a Super Bowl <laughs> champion. No one can say anything to me. So that's why I'd go with that. I, yeah, don't I, I've
3: been having a multitask this episode, but I just heard that, and I would say, yeah, those three that you guys mentioned, NFL, NHL, and w- the World Cup, would probably be the top three. You can't pick three, you gotta pick one. No, but I'm saying, like, <laughs> those three, it would be a toss-up between Stanley Cup and 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 the Lombardi. Probably Stanley <laughs> Cup, just because of when, I remember when I graduated high school, was one of the years that the Red Wings won, and I got to drink out of it, so... Uh, but that's probably that's probably one of my favorites. So it's it's
4: crazy how like you know in the fifties or sixties it probably would have been baseball, probably been being a World Series champion, and how times have changed. Yeah, and and
6: know, the trophy, it's pretty cool too. You know, it got all the the flags to represent the teams. It's all chromed out. I, it's it's just really simple, and I think that's why that, I don't get uh, proper recognition.
0: That type of like
6: goal, like NBA. I know I love the NBA, but
0: I don't like gold, so it's, it don't yeah, really. I
6: kind of think that that's a real ta Their championship is just kind of tacky looking. Almost. Yeah, I don't
0: like the gold too much. Everybody else shit is just blinging, you know, that chrome. You know, it's just, I feel it's like when they're, they're deciding
1: on trophies in the NBA, they're like, look, have you seen the Lombardi trophy? Make ours <laughs> like that, but with a basketball <laughs> ball. But make it gold. Yeah, you know?
4: I copy your homework, right. but don't make it the same, you know? I also feel like the NBA got tainted when uh, guys join on teams to win rings. So then it feels like everyone's just ring instead of like putting the work in and really, really overcoming everything and becoming a champion. I'm not saying everyone does that. We saw Giannis bring it home last year, and it's like he really deserved it. He really earned that one, so that's cool. Oh. But there's a lot of guys who jump on teams. It's like like Durant. I, you can't really tell me that you feel like a a real it's, champion. Going
5: yeah. on Don't, tell and teams. Don't tell the Rams and Bucks. Don't tell the Rams and Bucks. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So, all the Rams and Bucks. Yeah, but but Larry
3: Bird, Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, and Michael Jordan would never play together. Here we go. And you know that's (laughs) kind of like an error that goes
6: with error things too. Because if you think about it, right now, like those teams that are doing good, and number one, they kind of drafted well, and then kind of brought in. People, you know, like look at Boston, you know, most of their people were drafted, and then they just brought in a couple people, you know. The super teams are kind of slowing down right now. I mean, look at the Lakers, they fell apart before the playoffs even started. And you know, Miami. They really they brought in Jimmy Butler and kind of I think everybody else there they drafted. Don't didn't six man of the year just come out and don't they got the don't didn't he win? Yeah, like Charlie Hero? Tara,
3: Tara, tally,
6: yeah. 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 So
4: like it's, it's kind of you just have to like these but, day, these but day to day answer the get... question, to answer the question, I mean, it's winning the WWE title, the main event of WrestleMania, because it's all about you and you don't need a team. So, that's the answer. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. That's a good one. It is, I mean, do you
1: consider are those trophies? I guess so. You know, it's a trophy that you carry with you into battle that you could lose. That's kind of, you know, the same sense. Brokowski, maybe you can answer this. Do they etch the players' names into the yeah. Stanley Cup trophy still?
6: Everybody that's on the Stanley Cup team gets their name on the cup, coaches included. And they just keep and like, adding pieces.
1: So the, the, the cup is getting bigger then? Yeah, yes. Okay. You know, I was always wondering that, you know, as a child. I'm like, are they ever going to run out of space? Is there multiple Stanley Cup trophies? Like, This is page one, to be continued. Here's number two, you know? It's like a Lord of the Rings fucking trilogy.
2: I feel like eventually that'll happen. If
6: it's, like, hand-stitched still anymore, it might be, you know, all digital and shit. But, yeah, they just add... You can see the bottom sections of all the names and everything. Those are just rings that go around, and they just add more as they go. So, eventually, they'll probably have to, you know, kind of either take some of the top ones off and make it smaller because you know you can't hold it for too long. That's that's it's gotta be heavy as hell as it is. That's one thing the NBA and uh NFL does got is you can just one hand their trophies. Everyone else you gotta two hand them boys. You know baseball (laughs) it's two hands. The Stanley Cup it's two hands.
1: I, I do like that, you know. Think about you know, you're you've played hockey your whole life, you go and then you get your name etched on the trophy. No other sport could really say that. So that kind of edge edges it out for me. You know, that's kind of cool. I, being a football fan my whole life, I love the Lombardi trophy, but the fact that players could get their names etched on there for just winning it, that stays with it forever. Same with WWE. You got-
6: If that's the count, then big gold's the best. Big gold is dope. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Well, fellas, I think this ends our time here. We got some games to watch tonight. We'll be back next week.